No, I'm not Kevin. What's the li- line? Hi, I'm Jack. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is good company in the car. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you? Good morning. It's, uh, all right. Well, it's technically still the afternoon. Well, but, you know. You know. Uh, actually, I say good morning often. I use that as a standard uh, greeting a lot. It's funny you say good morning because I um, have not been checking um, our stats worldwide lately. I just, I forget. And I hadn't really done it. And um, I looked in the inbox and they were like, oh, you know, you you are you've fallen twelve spots Ooh. to number eighty four in Sri Lanka. Oh no! <laughs> so I went, I went full chart history. A couple of weeks ago, we were all the way up to thirty nine in Sri Lanka, and we were way ahead of True Crime Obsessed, which is my favorite Ooh, crime wow. podcast. <laughs> well, so, good for you. And I think it's probably morning in Sri Lanka right now. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> so. Um... Yeah, we were at we were at 119 in Bulgaria three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, I would kind of like to go to Bulgaria. Actually, the uh, um, Rick Steves went there. It looked really nice. Not a lot of tourists, you know. A lot of history, good food. Wait, you just confused me. So Rick's, Rick's, I said I wanted to go to uh, Rick Steves went there on his travel. One of his. Oh, I'm so sorry because <laughs> I'm getting the who's the stoner dude. Oh, um, isn't he Rick somebody too? Uh, the stone. Yeah, yeah, that's Rick Steves. Yeah, he's well, the, who's the cook dude. Um, that is uh, Rick Stein. Rick Stein. Yeah. So that okay. So when you said that, I literally had like <laughs> clank like in my head that because I'm like, well, is he no. talking about Rick Stoner dude? Or the Rick Steves. He looks like a complete nerd, but he's apparently a huge pot advocate. Now that pot's legal everywhere, it's not that crazy of a fact. But back in the '90s and the thousands, he looked like a really bookish, and he is bookish and nerdy, but he's also a big pothead. Well, uh, good. Yeah. Uh. We, Kevin and I, watch both Rick Steves and, and Rick, Stein. Rick Stein. And the problem with walking, watching the Rick Stein, because he travels all over the place, too, and he yeah. eats food and stuff, but is that I'll watch the show, and then he's cooking like, I found this wonderful uh, you know, curry. type of fish, or yeah, curry know, recipe, right? fish curry that oh, you can only get. And then I'm like, I want Indian food. I yeah, want- <laughs> it's very. You're very suggestible that way. The the thing is, Rick Stein's kind of a famous personality in the UK. And what Pluto TV has done is they've snapped up all of these series from English-speaking parts of the world, right? And that's the content on Pluto. It's all free. But his um, his travel documentaries or his travel series, he does one where he goes to Asia. He does one where he's in Mexico. He does one where he's in Spain. He goes all over Spain in a, a camper van. But they're all from 15, 20, 25 years ago. So he's kind of old hat in the United Kingdom. But we've just kind of discovered him on Pluto, and he's charming and he's fun he owns a bunch of restaurants and the cook dude yeah 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 what but, part but, of but that? you always make fun of it because because he, he's kind of a blowhard he's kind of a pushy kind of a guy yeah he gets short a little with, elitist and all yeah this yeah yeah very much stuff. so yeah, 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 yeah. names name drops but other boy, celebrity cook chefs. i'll give him that he can cook. but he has he, he has cook. a bunch of restaurants and hotels in padstow which is in cornwall in england and it's not a rick stein episode if he doesn't name check padstow at some point it's like falling on a bruise but uh, do you like avocados? I love avocados. Well, this week's episode takes place in Fallbrook, California, which dubs itself as the avocado capital of the world. 
Where? The, Fallbrook, the, 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 Fallbrook, California. Fallbrook, California to, is it's the a suburb, avocado capital of the world. It's the opposite. It's a northern suburb, a northern suburb of Los Angeles, and it's known for its vast avocado groves. And it dubs itself the avocado capital of the world. And I got to tell you, I love avocados. Oh, good lord! I feel like the guy on Bubba Gump who goes on to name all the ways he likes shrimp, uh, and I'm like that with avocado. I am too. I yeah. really like. Avocado. I like it mashed. I like it cooked. I like it in soups. And I, I like put it. it in other stuff too. Uh, but avocado it, is just yeah, good avocado. I, I was late to come to avocado. Were you? Yeah. Oh, because right. I only I I'm. It's like the. A, it's the, well, uh, the dumb, uh, dumb, bacon it, of the vegetable world. Right. It never occurred to me that uh, avoc- that guacamole was avocado. I love guacamole. <laughs> what did you think it was? Because I didn't cook. You know, I'm a kid. I, you know, you don't do oh, did stuff. You have, we didn't have that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, guacamole, uh, guacamole and uh, salsa. Yeah, I love that stuff. Mm. But, you know, and then you get older and then you're like, and I remember, I remember I'm in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read avocado, 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 you know, go get an avocado. So I went to the grocery store on my own and bought an avocado. Because my mom never bought avocados. We didn't have avocados. In the right. Yeah, yeah. And I bought an avocado. And of course, what did I do? Um, I bought a hard one. Yeah, and you didn't let it ripen. And I didn't know. <laughs> and I'm like, this is horrible. So it took another couple of years before I was like, oh. Yeah. Now, tip for the top. If you've got an unripe avocado, put it in a bag with a banana and it'll ripen up in like a day. Oh. Yeah. And avocados are much cheaper these days. They used to be like five bucks an avocado. But are they? Yes. Avocados were much more expensive than avocado. they are today. But I put them on everything. I love them. Put them on a sandwich. <laughs> put them in a salad. Mm. Chop them up and put them on. That's the thing now is it's a condiment. Yeah. Avocado. Avocado oh, there was toast. That. It's the thing of memes. Yeah, I want guac, bitch. You know, at the... Um, at the the, the taco shrimp. place, yeah. Oh, yum! So anyway, this is true crime daily. Oh, we're gonna we're not gonna talk about food anymore. Uh, we've talked enough about uh, avocados. Damn it! Okay. True crime daily. True crime daily. And the title is: Grandma commits cold blooded crime, then goes gambling. Oof. <laughs> they, this doesn't have a series number, but it's it's excellent. I really like it. And again, we're in Fallbrook, California. Fallbrook, California. And uh, today's victim is going to be Gward. Eustachio. This family is Filipino, and I have the hardest time pronouncing these names. They're Filipino? Yeah. Okay. So he's a realtor. He's done very well for himself, if uh, you can judge from his- He's got a nice house. That house, and it's got a a, um, a guest cottage, which they kept calling- The granny- The granny room or something? You you took offense to it. Because it was- was, I was always- I always heard them called in-law suites. In-law suite, yeah. And it was called a granny loft or a granny room or something. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't make... I've never heard that. I've heard of an in-law suite. I've never heard of that before. Well, he lives with, there with his wife, his second wife, his children from his second marriage, one of the kids from his first marriage, and his mother-in-law, Cynthia Sidabaka, has had back surgery, and he has graciously allowed her to live in said granny loft or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> granny room. So, um... This is Gionisa Harris. This is Gioard's sister. After her stroke, Gioard wanted to make sure that Cynthia received the care that she needed. And what better place for her than to be among family? So I think it's pronounced Gerard, actually. Yes. Was a very strict disciplinarian. He was also very religious. And his policy was... military. Yeah, he's ex-military. And he's a rugby coach. This is a nice... 
house. Yeah, this is this. So I'm going yeah. to. It's it's a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. and and it's a gated community. Yep. And when they showed the pictures, when they showed the pictures, uh, you know, when I'm watching it, I saw. I was like, oh. That's nice. Huh? Yeah. When they said he was a successful uh, realtor, I said yeah, to myself, yeah, yeah. that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a nice house. This is a nice neighborhood. This is a nice house. So again, I know that has nothing to do with anything, but I just want you guys to understand. This is a nice house. And okay. when, we, when we meet Cynthia Sidabaka, his mother-in-law, he's a pretty nice guy to let a train wreck like her live with them. But his rule was... If you're living under my roof, you're living by my rules. But Cynthia was a smoker, and they clashed over that repeatedly. This is Sabra Cabrera, who is Cindy's niece, describing the situation. My Aunt Cindy would be on the back patio smoking, because she wasn't allowed to smoke in the house. And he would be out there watering, and he would see, oh, where I see smoke, I see fire. Got to put out the fire, and he would hose my aunt down with the hose. He did it to my cousin, too, to Laura, his wife. He wouldn't hose it wet her with the hose because she say something he didn't like. So that might be funny once or twice when she's out there having a cigarette, he blasts her with the hose. Yeah. Where this, and he would also shoot his wife, though. If his wife was in an argument what? or whatever, it's kind of a dick move. It is. <laughs> it is, right? It is, but it, it, I mean, it's like. I just, I would get l- very listen, sick I of can, it. I can imagine, I can imagine being the, the, sub, the, the subject of this, and it would be infuriating mm-hmm. that, you know, you're trying to, you know, whatever, and you're getting sprayed with the hose because you're, you know. But yet on the other hand, I'm like, it's his, I'm not. I, it's his house. I, you know, well, you're not. No, it's not and, even. That's not even what I'm going with. It's like you, you, you can't. He is being. He gets. To, he is going to be described as abusive. Abusive. Yeah. And and even the that, that is kind of abusive. It is. I yeah. I guess it is. But you know, I. I, I I don't know. All I'm right. Just, well, okay. Another point, of, another point of contention was that Cindy thought that Gerard was too strict with their children. So we said, as we said, he's former military, and the names are a bit of a challenge. As, as I said, this is Gerard's sister, Giorana Birunak. I think that's how you say it. My brother would tell me that she didn't approve of the way he disciplined the kids. On the other hand, my brother didn't approve the way she would discipline his kids. So on the day of the incident, it's the morning of February 11th, 2014, and that's actually Cindy's birthday, and they were supposed to all go attend a spelling bee. And this is when we get 911 calls that are some of the most unique I think we've ever heard. Because they're calling in, and the first guy to call in is super polite. He explains he's never really shot a gun, but he thinks he hears gunfire, and then he actually hears gunfire while he's on the phone. Actually, a couple of people do that. Do you hear that? Sheriff Communications Dispatcher Number 10 may help you. I've never shot a gun in my life, so I'm not an expert, but I'm sitting here in my house and I heard four or five discharges. Hi, I I was in my bathroom doing my hair and I could hear what ha- sounded like gunshots and I opened my window and I hear it sounds like a man saying, help me, help me. Okay. Oh, that's, I just heard the shot again. Yeah, there was some gunshots fired, um, about, about five of them behind my house and now I can hear someone yelling, help me. Oh, another gunshot. Another shot. Did I hear it. Another one. Three more, okay. okay. And this person is screaming, help yeah. me. Yeah. You hear him? Is it male, female? It sounds kind of like a male, but it could be an old female with a raspy smoke voice. 
This was several years ago. Uh, Twenty fourteen, yeah. Yeah, Kevin and I were in the no, no, no. Kevin and oh, I were in Fort Lauderdale. We were in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm outside, <laughs> like by the pool, and and I was and inside cleaning. Was, I think and I heard automatic weapon fire, <laughs> and I, and either you or I came out and said, "Did you just hear that?" Yeah, and we said it to each other, and then and then I thought, and I went out to the front. And our neighbor across and the street David came out. And David across the street heard it as well. And I, you know, and I'm like, well, listen, I don't want to be the one that like the person the laid there for two weeks or I whatever. It would be totally out of the question for that part of the city. I know, but you know? it just, that's not something. So I, I mean, actually, it's a nice part of the city, but it's Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> you know? Shit happens. So I called the police and the police show up and they're, and, and we, we, Kevin and I were both like, look, we know how silly this sounds. Well, no, you're not the only ones that reported it. And I was like, oh, okay. So for us to have heard gunfire, like, and you know... That's one of those things. I know you, what a gun sounds you like. You know it's gunfire. Yeah. yeah. So so these people who are calling, you can tell that they're a little bit like, I don't know what's going on, but it yeah. sounds like you know it's <laughs> gunfire. You, and when you learn what's actually going on later, it's it's kind of ridiculous it's and horrible. it's kind of it's terrifying. It's terrifying, yeah. So the authorities arrive. Gerard's dead. This is Gerard's brother, George. Everybody's name begins with a G. Um, they're starting to name suspects, thinking of who it could possibly be. Anyway, here he is. Well, I say... Um approach the neighborhood i was hearing these helicopters circling they already put up the uh, yellow uh, do not cross tape around where my brother lives and all i see was police cars then i knew right then and there that was something happening so we see some pictures of the victim and apparently cindy wasn't a very good shot because he's got bullet wounds all over him no 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 she was a very good shot oh was she we will discuss if if it's oh it didn't look that way oh you must have learned something wait oh wait (laughs) i did some research his sister calls his mother and tells his mother what's done and she immediately suspects cindy my mother lost just about every breath she had and despite losing her breath the words that she uttered will haunt me for the rest of my life she said that woman laura's mother killed my son but then we learn that the son from the first marriage is a recovering drug addict and his brother george thought maybe he murdered him for drug money you know because that's always she comes back which to is kind of horrible if you think about right. it. that even got brought up because again gerard has his much older son than the children that yeah. are the, the of his current marriage. Yeah, he's like a young adult living with him. Yeah, and he's a drug addict. Yes, or, recovery. Uh, he's in he's recovery. In recovery. So he is. Gerard is trying to help his son get a, a back new on his lead. feet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So people don't know where the son is, and they also don't know where Cindy is. See, this was a little bit. This was a little bit. This was very confusing to me because the way it's all described, there's going to be a spelling bee. There's going to be a birthday party. Right. Where right. was the wife? Where are the children? Where is it? it there was this confusion as to what where was people going were there. On. I don't know why Cindy and Gerard were the only ones at the house, but so they find they track Cindy down later. She's gone to a casino and they pick her up at a coffee house. She's also been to a Denny's. She's having a good old time. <laughs> so they bring her in, and this is the most bizarre interrogation I've ever seen. It is. It is. It is. 
Yeah, she, the detectives yeah. asked her if she knows the name of her son-in-law, and she says no. And then she tries to pretend to cry when they say that he's been killed. I didn't take that that way. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I she, took that as laughing. Like, no, no, no. She cries in the first one. The first segment, she's crying. Mm. She says she doesn't know his name, and then she's very upset about it. And here it is. Something happened today at your house. And unfortunately, Laura's husband... You know what Laura's husband's name is? Well, unfortunately, Laura's husband has passed away. Huh? Laura's husband was killed today. He was killed when? Today. We're going to ask you some questions. We're going to ask you some questions because we're trying to figure out what happened today, okay? All right. So then she goes nonverbal when they ask her opinion about her son-in-law. She just gives the big thumbs down. And they're like, you don't like him? She just shakes her head. But she won't say anything. And it's, it's weird. So mean to me is all of them. He's mean to everybody? Yes, he is. So now the detective says no one was stopping him from being a brute. They're, they're kind of leading her on. They're like, so he was a bad guy, right? Yeah, he was bad. And no one was stopping. No, no one was stopping him. So someone had to do something. Yeah, somebody had to do something. And she takes the bait and she says, I did it. And she admits it. Did anybody try to stop him? Yeah, stop him. It sounds like somebody had to stop him. Or I did. I did. Okay. I was guilty. Okay. Somebody had to stop him. I did. Okay, it's okay. Is he dead? You tell me. Gotta be dead. You think he's dead? I hope so. So then, this is where you were like, what the fuck? She happily asks if he's dead, and she's leaning over, thank you, thank you to the detectives. She's being like... Giddy. Happy, yeah, like she just won something, or something good just happened really, really weird. I recommend viewing it. Describing it doesn't do it justice. You can't go like that because... Looks like you're ghetto. So yeah, apparently he made a remark about her outfit saying she looked too ghetto. And we learned later that she referred to herself as ghetto grandma. Was that because of that statement? No, or? no, no. She, that's what, that was her own nickname. Oh. She called herself that. Oh. And he said, you're not going to the spelling bee looking like that. This is Ken Watanabe. He's the district attorney. She took offense to that comment and went and got her revolver. When you so got your gun from your person, then what happened? Went and shot him. It wasn't enough. After she fired all five shots out of that revolver, she chose to go all the way to her car and reload five more rounds into her gun. She walked back into the backyard and found the victim bleeding and crawling, trying to get away. And at that time, she pumped five more shots into his body. She still wasn't done. She still chose to go to her car, load five more rounds. At that time, the victim had crawled his way into the house and into the kitchen. She pulled out that revolver and fired five more shots until the victim was finally dead. So what his, this monster did was she emptied five bullets into him. First, the first one was in his back, right? And he didn't see it coming. He starts begging for his life. She empties the revolver. She goes out to her car, reloads. At one point, he says, I love you, Grandma. And she, she snickers when she recounts this. How many t- rounds do you remember Fifteen. Fifteen? Yes. Did he say anything to you? Grandma, I love you. He said that to you? Yeah. After you shot him, he said, Grandma, I love you? Yeah. 
God damn. Did you check to see if he was dead? I didn't care. No, she doesn't snicker. She's mocking him. Mocking him. And then she goes out and loads again. Eventually, she empties it three times. So that's 15 bullets in total. 12 of them hit him. She's just fucked up. She's very fucked up. So after she's done shooting him 12 times, she goes to Denny's. Then she went to a casino. And then she went to a coffee shop without a care in the world. she went to her favorite coffee shop. Yep. Now her family is here. And they hear her confession, and they're all appalled. They're crying. She can't understand why they're upset. As I was sitting there, I heard, along with my my, my other family members, she loudly said, yes, I shot him. We all just stared. We just can't believe that she did it. He's dead. He's dead, man. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, boy. At one point, she tries to remind everybody that it was her birthday. Now, keep that in mind. It's her yeah. birthday. Do you remember that? Yeah. She had the nerve to say, it's my birthday. Like, do, you know, let's let's don't pull too much focus. Yeah, yeah. he's dead, but... She's obviously nuts because she had had a stroke. Uh-huh. So maybe there was a little, a little I, I, more brain damage in there going on than... Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, we get more interrogation footage of people going in to say goodbye to her. She's not really understanding the consequences. And her daughter, Cindy, comes in and she is devastated. Oh, God. Oh, I wanted to. And here's her granddaughter who won't go near her. He just said, you just killed my dad. And she's, you know, she's reaching out to get, you know, come hug, hug grandma. Give, she, give me a hug or something like that. Yeah. Oh, honey. Oh. Come kiss me. No, you killed my dad. They ask her if she'd do it again. And she says, yes. And then the guy says, do you pray? Because you should pray. And then the one detective says, oh, my. She says, I don't pray. And he goes, oh, my. Whoever you pray to, you make sure that I you... I don't pray to anybody. Call I pray, a higher I pray, power. I pray to get today. Okay. First time ever prayed. What'd you pray for? Hope he dies. Oh, boy. This is just not going well. And then we see her booking photos, and she looks pretty awful. We learned that she's been planning this for weeks. She actually went to the range a couple of weeks prior to the incident to practice with the very same pistol. Now, to argue that this wasn't premeditated is going to be pretty difficult when you find this out, right? Well, the only thing I'm going to say here is, is that if you have a gun and you practice mm-hmm. shooting your gun at a, pra- at a, at a at range, a range yeah. that... To say that automatically it's it's but she doesn't do anything else. She, she was wheelchair she, bound. It was completely- so. My questions are: Did she own this pistol beforehand? Mm-hmm. Was this new practice? Was this a new gun? Mm-hmm. Was it? You know, there's a lot of questions here that were not answered. And in my research, I could not find the answers to these questions. Okay, she owned a gun. Yeah, she went to a gun range. All right. Now they're mm-hmm. saying, oh, she premeditated this because she was. Practicing. I'm saying she did too. Well, I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying this is not. Did she go out to buy a gun and then this happened? Yeah. This well, is not what's being said. She was examined and found competent to stand trial. Three long years later, after the incident, she finally goes to trial. And here's Ken one more time. You're going to hear throughout this case that she would refer to herself as ghetto grandma. 
And I don't want to use that term in any disparaging way. She would call herself that even to her own grandkids. So yeah, she referred to herself as ghetto grandma. I, I, yeah. I which is just dumb, but that's me. Well, the the outfit that she was wearing that Gerard pretty banged up didn't like was a, <laughs> a sports jersey, a football, football jersey, jersey, and a long pink hippie skirt. Yeah, she was a short little round fat woman, <laughs> like. You know, I'm uh-huh. not. I'm not being mean. I'm just a little short, little fat yeah. woman. And the skirt that she was wearing drugged the ground. Yeah. So she walked into the house well, like I, that, I, and the husband's got, like, "You're not wearing that to the daughter. You're not going to." Gerard you. had had a lot of self respect and could yes. dress nicely. Expected the people around him to comport themselves. And so, anyway, we're not sure if her daughter Laura is going to work with the defense for the prose- or the prosecution. But we learn at trial that she does work with the defense, saying that yes, her husband was abusive, but the prosecution has all that damning interrogation footage. Right. So they never said what the level of abuse was. So no. I they they kind of glossed over it. So in my in my research, the children from the other marriage, the the adult, mm-hmm. the other ones, the, the uh, semi adult adult children that yeah. were from the they described him as a st- strict disciplinarian, uh-huh. but. They not they they described him as he was in charge you had to do what he told you blah 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 they did not say he beat the shit out of us mm-hmm. they did not say i think what they said they loved him and he was a good provider well, i think but, for most uh, you yeah. now well, this is one of those weird situations you can still love somebody who's abusing you yeah that's true that's not the thing so but m- what i'm saying is is that his level of discipline or his level yeah. of whatever Might was, have been a little too, far. was too much yeah. for cindy yeah and okay. we, you and I, have discussed in great detail the level of discipline slash uh, uh, how our parents were, uh-huh. you know, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, I always, I when I talk about my mom now, yeah. I talk about her in a very stern, <laughs> you do. very harsh way. But that's not the way she was. It was Mama just, Jean. Mama Jean. <laughs> you did things the way she told you to do them. And if you didn't do them the way she told you to do them, there was going to be a problem. Is this now, where you found this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Is that where you found that? Is that where you found that? And and so I'm not possibly saying my mother ever abused me, but uh-huh. I'm just saying she was a that there were there were strict parents. And so here's Cindy, who's kind of like I would say possibly a hippie esque type woman, yeah. and then she's got this button down strict military son. I, you know, but he's letting her live there with him. I you agree. know what, Cindy? I, I'm not suck I'm it not, up. Yeah, I agree. But I, you know, so and I'm going to go back to she had had a stroke. Well, well, I so don't maybe know. all her chemicals balances weren't right. I don't know. I, anyway, Gerard's sister at the trial does something I think was pretty powerful. She brought in 15 photos of him, one for each bullet that Cindy had fired at him. Clearly, this is a bench trial because there's no jury. It's just the it's just the judge. And anyway, this 66 year old showed no remorse, and she got 50 years to life. So that's a life sentence. At 66, right. she's going to die in prison. Right. And fix the degree thereof as murder in the first degree. She showed no remorse, none whatsoever, none. Here's Ken one more time saying they looked into the allegations of abuse. We looked into the various claims of abuse and we simply just determined that whether or not they were true, the defendant had no right to make herself the judge, jury, and executioner. This was simply an act of vigilante homicide. So whether it was true or not, it did not it give Cindy true. the right to kill him. Absolutely, right. she's a train wreck, and now the family is, is completely, completely yeah, fractured. Exactly. So the 
Um, so she was a selfish nightmare. I'm, I, yes, I, I can't. I, agree. I don't care so about the stroke the or whatever. So back to the court thing. Back to the court. Yeah, tell thing. me what you found. There was one video you can see in one video because she was she was a little. I'm going to say she's a little, just a little bit off a rocker. Yeah. Because there's one point when the judge looks at her uh-huh. and she waves her hand back and forth like she's waving at a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did do that. I think she was trying to influence it well, she knew yeah. it was up to the judge. And she did actually apologize, but it was like, I'm so sorry. Just that one type of like, that was it. Yeah. There wasn't a response. She didn't really now, show any remorse. Now, back to victim... Uh, what's what's the thing? Victim victim statements. Victim victim statements. I I just don't listen. I it doesn't need to be said over and over again. You know, my mother. I love my mother. I she's died. You know, I I just don't. There's a thing about the victim statements that just don't. I don't think they're helpful, but um, yeah, some they, people like to do it. You no, know? no, no. It's it's not a matter of I I get it. I do understand the purpose of it. Yeah. But, but I, yeah. I think for a jury trial, maybe. Yeah. But if it's just the judge, if it's just, but if it's just going by the sentiment of the law, the victim impact statements really don't matter. Well, can you can you tell me some stuff I don't know about? The Cindy? only thing, the, well, there was very little. I couldn't find anything. The only re- research I got that I could find was the older the older kids defending their father, right. saying that while he was. A rough okay. parent. He was not. He's a good. Okay. You know, he was. He was. A, he was a tough guy. He but, was the but, guy in charge. But here's the thing about the shooting. Yeah. Technically, she didn't hit him 15 times, uh-huh. but she hit her mark 15 times. So when he hit, when she started shooting him outside, mm-hmm. and then she went to reload her gun, uh-huh. he got into the house and locked the door. Okay. So the three shots. That, that didn't d- hit him or into the broke door. the door to for her to get into the house to continue shooting. Oh, okay. Him. Well, the, so the, the photos- shots, the shots he had, he had thirteen bullet wounds in his body, and then the, I, they said that she shot him through the door. So it was probably more than that. Well, uh, I just saw there were like one on his leg, there was one on his upper leg, there was one on his. The majority arm. of them were in his torso. She oh. was definitely trying to kill him. Yeah. Well, it, she did. <laughs> well, but it wasn't one of those like, you know, this this was not a. I don't know, but they. This he, was not an argument that blew into something. This no, was her. She was I've prepared. Had it, that's it. I'm done. She and, was waiting for the moment he pushed her too far, and she killed him. I. She and got, then she went and had breakfast and went to the casino. Went to the casino, and then she was celebrating her birthday. Celebrating her birth, telling everybody it's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Uh, she was. Yeah, I don't know. She's. I, she's, I, she was one off, of the weirdest yeah, ones we've nuts. ever covered. And I feel so sorry for the poor wife. Yeah. Above, above and beyond anything else, the poor wife, the yep. mother. Yeah. The not not the grandma, the mother. Her husband has been shot by her mother. Yeah. And she is just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I Divided don't loyalties say. for sure. And it was because the the main focus of the of this particular uh show was the siblings of the of the victim of Gerard yeah and that again the siblings of the victim are not the spouse and they're not the children. Like my sister, if you interview my sister about me, she's going to give you a glowing review. Yeah. So, you know. Then we'll have him ask about Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, that fat pig. Yeah, exactly. It's very funny. My best friend, Frank. Yeah. It's just really funny. So, it, you know. It's a very subjective. It is all very of subjective. This. And, yeah. And, 
And it is, but, but just I, I'm sorry. I it, I would recommend watching this. It's only 15 minutes long, and her her interrogation footage is bananas. It is it is absolutely bananas. And the, you, and you can see the police are they're not even. There's there's no raised voices. She is just she talking. just she does a show. She tells but anyway, everything. She says everything. And I think she's still alive. Oof! I I couldn't. Yeah, know, yeah I this was a, this was only eight years, nine years ago. I am finding it interesting because we're getting closer. Like a lot of the dates of the stuff we're talking about is getting closer and closer to the current era, <laughs> current date, the uh-huh. current age, the current year. Yeah, and I'm finding a lot less. Research. Oh, information. because yeah, it's it's too fresh. But it it is the date of everybody wants to know about it when it happens, and then after it's gone, nobody really cares. Nobody about talks it about it. Yep. It's the, so this the, the news cycle. 2017, 2014. 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty fourteen, and already it's like you can't find There's anything really out much. about. There's the, a lot of crime in the world. Yeah. So anyway, um, Sri Lanka. Hey, you guys, keep listening. Get us back up into the 30s. We'd really appreciate it. <laughs> we love you, Thank, Sri Lanka. Thanks for listening. Or <laughs> Warbeck. <laughs> <laughs> 